Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. I have to say, you guys, like lately, I've been super tired every single day. I think that means that I am killing it during the day, right? I mean, that's the only reason why I would be tired by the end of the day. Like, I'm just writing a lot. I am exercising more frequently than I have been. I am, I'm still not smoking pot. I'm still not drinking alcohol. I'm eating a little bit better. Well, today I had pizza. Today I met up with a good friend of mine. She and I went to uh, graduate school together and she recently moved to Atlanta, but she keeps coming back to LA to pick up mail and this and that. And she bought me lunch over at Abakini Boulevard down in Venice. And it was so sweet. Like I wasn't expecting her to pick up the check, but she did. And, you know, she was kind of buying it for my birthday, which is in February. And she's also painting and she showed me this incredible oil painting that she started and it's like of a of a woman sitting with a giant amethyst vagina and when i saw this painting i was like yes 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 and like my friend she's very slow she's very slow at everything she has to do everything at her pace it's a pace that is very antithetical to my pace because my pace is fast efficient get it done no thinking impulse feel get it done and she's like very slow she's like a turtle like a snail slash turtle it moves so fucking slowly and i have to be patient with her you know it's like it's 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 enraging sometimes you know there is a part of me where the fire is just like lit up and i'm like oh my god you've been staring at this menu for literally 15 minutes and you're only looking at the beverage order but that's her pace and when i asked her i was like do you do anything creative she's like oh i recently went and bought these uh paints and i thought they were acrylic but turns out they were oil and i'm getting into it and i was like that's why you bought oil because oil paint oil painting takes forever to dry it takes for Ever. And that's why people do oil, because they could change their mind, they could really take their time. But acrylic, which is my medium, it's my choice, it, it dries like instantly. And you know, like art just finds you. The art that you're supposed to be doing finds you. It's funny how like, a lot of my friends just ask me questions about their life. It's been happening more and more. They just ask me questions about life and ask me for direction and guidance. And it's it's very, it's kind of like, whoa, you know? Because, like, I am in no way perfect. I am in no way all figured out. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just taking each day, one day at a time. That's all I can do, you know? I'm still not working. I don't want to work. I mean, I say I'm not working. I'm not working a job, I suppose. But I'm working every day, right? That's why I'm so tired. But I started to scan my drawings. I guess that's a step forward. I'm scanning my drawings. And I thought that that would be the end of it. But no, since I scanned them, I now have to Photoshop them, color correct them. 
it needs to be enhanced somehow through Photoshop. And I'm not very good at Photoshop, but it's something I need to learn and figure out so I could start selling these artworks, you know? And I started, I, I, I'm, I'm just doing a lot of projects right now that I hope can eventually become a source of income, I suppose. It's very funny how life works. Like I was at the improv tonight and the bartender there was like, wait, you don't work? How do you, like, what do you do for money? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't have a lot of money. I struggle with money. And he's like, I don't understand your life. I was like, yeah, well, I don't either. You know, I don't either. I was over at Abbott Kinney Boulevard and I spent like $400. No, I spent like $500. I spent $500 on clothes, you guys. I bought this jacket. I bought this beautiful jacket because it fit me perfectly. You know, it felt like I was putting my arms into my own skin. It felt so perfectly. I had to buy another jacket because I have this headshot photo shoot coming up. You know, my talent agency, my agents at the talent agency were like, we want to send you out for more bookings and auditions, but you have only two headshots uploaded. And you guys, it's such a racket, you know, like you have to get headshots taken, which costs hundreds of dollars. And you have to buy the clothes to take these headshots. And you have to have a diversity of outfits, like a bad girl look, a business look, a girl next door look. And you have to have these different outfits, right? You have to get your hair done. You have to get your makeup done. All of that costs hundreds of dollars. And then when you upload these images onto the site, like Actors Access or whatever the fuck that the agency uses, they charge you $10 per headshot, okay? So I'm just saying it's just a whole lot of spending money hoping for something, you know, and it's no different with my other business, you know, my art business. Yeah. In any case, uh, I'm doing my best. Oh, I also started reaching out to literary agents with my novel. That's a that's a thing. Right. I'm just like I'm just journaling right now. I'm just listing the things that I'm doing. Uh, but it's. It's got to happen, you know, it's got to work out. That's the only thing that I have my eye set on right now. It's a risk to take, but you know what? I feel like it's a risk that I never took before to believe in myself this much, this hard. <laughs> and uh, whatever, you know, I'm just going in it without fear, without hesitation, just doing it because... I have to maintain the kind of life that I want to maintain. I have to live the kind of life that I want to live, the kind of life that I love. And I can say very genuinely, honestly, that these days I love each and every single one of my days. Like I don't spend a single one of my days doing something I don't want to do. And I feel like that's a lot. I feel like that's saying a lot. I feel like that's a huge achievement. I'm not sure there are a lot of people out there who can say, these last three days, I lived my life living it exactly as I wanted to. Like, I don't think a lot of people get to say that. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. And I hope you guys figure out a way to live your best day and your best life as well. In any case, today's episode is about The Lady in Dignity, also known as Woman of Dignity. It is a 2013 JTBC Korean drama, and it's one of the earlier cable K-drama TV series that was shaking up Korean TV history with its high ratings. And when I first saw the 
pilot episode of The Lady in Dignity. I didn't think much of it, and I stopped for a bit because it felt like a very ajima drama. And that's because it is. It is. It's a it's a drama about ajimas, starring ajimas. But this is a show that's giving Kim Hee-sun back her acting career recognition, and she always deserved it. Always. I talked about one of the earlier shows that she starred in back in 1998. It was called, it's on episode 42 of K Drama School. It's called Till the End of the World. It's also entitled Forever Yours. It depends on what title you search, but it's the one with Yurushiwan. And Kimi-san's character gets raped and impregnated by a rich, narcissistic, psycho lover in that drama. It's very harrowing. And 90s K dramas really did a lot of young, beautiful actresses wrong by making them extremely passive characters. I got a letter from one of the K-drama school listeners who complained about the show Pasta and how much she hated it because of the general passivity of the female protagonist played by Kong Hyojin. And that tends to be the frustrating reality of a lot of these K-drama heroines that we see in 1990s dramas and early 2000s shows. Back in the 90s, these shows, not only would they have the female protagonist be very passive while the whole society and culture around her would just ravage her, but they would also kill her off. Yeah, she would get cancer and die. Like that was the trend back then. But then 2010 happens and things just changed. Like things radically changed. Female characters became less passive, more active, more aggressive, going after what they want. And we see a lot of that in The Lady in Dignity. I love this show because it was highly camp. It was stupid in a good way. It was really funny. It was ridiculous and overly high in terms of its entertainment. I think the Korean actresses uh, on these kinds of programs typically go on variety shows to talk about how these campy soaps have these insanely uh, ridiculous scenes where women behave outrageously in order to give viewers a form of catharsis. Because in reality, no woman would dare cross the boundary of social etiquette and show up at their husband's mistress's house to pull their hair out or throw water in an enemy's face or talk back in an insulting manner to somebody who is hierarchically above them, right? But the fact is that women in our society, in all countries, in all societies, generally do suppress and repress our emotions, we're expected to do right by our mothers, our grandmothers, our fathers, our grandfathers, uncles, sons, whatever. And there's a sociocultural constructing of women's behaviors and mannerisms that just doesn't really match with our actual feelings, right? But the writers can go and reimagine another way of female existence. And it's camp and it's fun and it's humorous for our viewing and entertainment. But I think it also gives us some inkling of a woman's true human potential. I did not like that Kim Sona's character was killed off on this show. I felt like she did not have to die. She suffered a lot in her life. And ultimately, she rose to the top doing exactly what people do in most capitalistically driven societies which is behave like a crook and i had a lot of empathy for her character and a lot of admiration for all of her maneuvers as 
immoral as they might have seemed. And I want to see more outrage in that regard, to be quite frank, right? Like the women that we vilify on screen are not actually villains. They may wreak havoc, but they had their reasons. This show is quite similar to stories like Wicked or Maleficent, where we get an understanding of witches, right? Like, why did she become a witch? And there was like this whole rationale. Like, that's the story. That's the plot line. They had their reasons for being that way. And if you look at it from a different perspective, they're actually not evil at all. We understand them. So I think we can keep on claiming space for the anti-heroine, okay? We have plenty of anti-heroes down pat in America, like Tony Soprano, like Don Draper, like Walter White, okay? I think we can make room in K-dramas for anti-heroines like Pak Pokja, okay? A whole show around a female anti-heroine is what I want to see next. Give that to us next, South Korea. That's what I'm waiting for, JTBC, TVN. NBC, SBS, KBS, all of y'all, okay? I think a big part of this show's success is seeing actresses like Kim Hee-sun and Kim Sona. Like Kim Hee-sun was really adored all through the 90s. Like since the early 90s, all throughout, she was a huge star. And then in 2007, she got married, had a kid, and she took a few years off. We stopped seeing her on, on TV. We stopped seeing her in movies. There were all these rumors around what her life was like. And then she came roaring back to television and she was like totally different totally different from what we what we saw in the mid 90s right and then we saw kim sana on this show as well i mean like kim sana is plenty adored and respected we all saw her in my lovely samsun which is such a good show i really love that show i think it's still terrifically written i think it's still got you know like kim sana's comedic chops in that show it still cracks me up it still cracks me up. It's a, it's the kind of show that made Hyunbin the star that he is today. Okay, so I have a lot of respect for that show. I want that writer to come out with another show like that, or maybe it won't be possible. Maybe it's just once in a lifetime kind of thing. Today I'm going to talk to my good friend David Ayala. He is an LA-based comedian and a Valley neighbor of mine. I saw him twice this past week just to hang out, and it's always so good to see him. I always have a lot of laughs with him and a lot of deep talks with him. I shot this episode of the podcast in person with David at his house because there was some loud-ass construction going on in my in my neighbor's unit over here. So the sound on this episode may be a little bit... Uh, distant. But the video version of this episode is very fun. I recommend that you see it on video because you have cameo appearances from Bing Bong the cat and Cammy the dog. So it's worth it. Let's talk to David Ayala. Now it's like, now I, those barriers aren't, those barriers aren't there. And I'm not working. I don't have to work for the next few months. So. Yeah, fuck working. Where did you work before? I was at this paint store. Yeah. called Portola Paints. Like house paint? <laughs> yeah, house paint. And it was, uh, uh, it could have been this, a very chill, simple job. Hey. What? It could have been a very chill, simple yeah, job. Yeah, sounds like it. But uh, the man, the, it was owned and ran by these two brothers. Yeah. Uh, who, and basically just got it, their dad just gave it to okay. them, and they didn't know how to, run the company or treat their employees. Yeah, it ended up being 
it's growing, but it's not growing as fast as it could because they're. I remember specifically one, one holiday they were like, "We're gonna go and we're gonna be gone for the week." So it's a very small crew. It's just me and two other people. Okay. So I said, "You guys just run the store for the week," and we ran it way more efficiently mm. than These they pricks. did. So Can by they the time like micromanage you a little bit all the time. Ugh, it's the worst. All the time. Um, then they didn't give us like the tools really to handle handle disputes like mm. in the store you know for to make the paint the color that it is you have this like tint machine that you put yeah. the colors into yeah. and instead of training a few employees like two or three employees on how to tint things or investing like you know one thousand two thousand yeah. dollars in paint just to do that now yeah. in like a day yeah. like a tent day um just one of the brothers who knew how to do it he would do it all the time and uh that's it, it that that's just what he would do and he would always get really frustrated if we with us when we had to we came into him with like a lot of orders mm -hmm. and in my mind I'm like you literally don't have to do this at all you own the company you can just train some of us on it and just, just delegate leave. yeah just leave it to us so we can do it for you that's what you guys are there for yeah so by the end of it, it ended up being really emotionally abusive and i just let them know hey i'm looking for another job and they eventually just sent me a text saying hey we're hey we i don't know if we can afford we can afford to keep you on, so oh. we have to let you go. And it's that's even better. That was the perfect excuse for unemployment. Even better. <laughs> Always get fired. Always get fired. Never quit. <laughs> that's that's what I should have done. Like I hated my office job so much because of similar reasons. Micromanagey, like they don't know what the fuck to do, but they also don't wanna like move me up and help me flourish yeah like, they won't give me opportunities they kept like they were also kind of racist you know and i was just like i don't i'm very unhappy here and i'm not getting paid enough so i just used graduate school as an excuse yeah like as an escape route but what i should have done was just stop going in until they fucking fired my ass yeah so that i could have just floated on unemployment for a little while and like vacation a little yeah and then go to graduate school you know right but yeah always get fired always get fired always get laid off always grant my roommate he got laid off yeah uh, uh they laid off 30 percent of the company that was not too long ago not too long ago and he's living it and he's living it up and i think over the yeah, right before the holidays, he was just hanging out. He went to like some party. Yeah. And met some dude who needed, they needed like somebody to come yeah. and do some editing yeah. work in yeah. Texas. Oh. They flew him out like yeah. the next day. And now the co that company just literally just offered him a full time job. See? <laughs> so. these, these editing boys, they always have jobs. <laughs> so that's, that's the rule. You get fired, laid off, or be an editor <laughs> they always need an editor they do oh um but you know i'm i'm hoping with this uh with this job with this thing i'm working on it'll just lead to it'll be the lead to the next yeah thing i need naturally it always will because yeah. you're putting in the work and you're making something for people to see yeah and so all of it counts mm -hmm. you know like uh you know um violet price 
No. Alan Price. Mm. Okay, he's like one of Sean's friends. And they're now working on a feature film, but like a few years ago, they made a, like a web series and put like 10 grand of their own money into it. Mm. And it didn't go anywhere. And they're just like really butthurt about it. And like, it's like, it was a waste of my money. It was like a failure. I was like, but that's not true. Like, <laughs> you still made something, you still made connections, you still learned a lot, I'm sure. Like, throughout that whole process, you're gaining a whole lot, even if it doesn't lead to like a deal or whatever. I mean, of course, that's what we want. Right. But it's not all for naught. But they were like, no, it was a failure, <laughs> a waste of my money and time. And I was like, well, then it's perspective. You yeah. Know? Like, if you choose or decide to think that way, then, yeah, it will be. You know, yeah, I mean, having a body of work in of itself is enough. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really... Yeah. You'll be able to look back on this cool thing you did. Yeah. Uh, you'll always have you'll that. Always, you'll always have, have that. So many people, so many filmmakers... Don't make anything. Ah. They sit around just writing yeah. scripts that they that and they come up with a thousand excuses yeah. as to why not to make this cool idea or cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine, she made two feature documentaries. Both of them won awards, went to film festivals around the world, and she's working on her third. And I was just kind of texting her back and forth like a few months ago, and she was just like kind of beating herself up and i was just like i never knew like she thought of herself this way but because because she got into so many amazing like top tier festivals like south by southwest gave her yeah. awards and shit and her movies are amazing but she was just like i still have to work like other people's you know on other people's projects in order to get by like i'm not living a wealthy ass life like some of these other documentarians are and and going on and on and on and I was like oh, it's so interesting how like even if even if I look at somebody who seems so accomplished if their framing of themselves is is like that yeah then there's really nothing I can say or do to get them out of that and that's just how they are and it's like from where I'm standing I don't see her as a failure not in the least you know like I consider her a very successful filmmaker relative to a lot of other people so perspective right yeah always perspective yeah i think your your show is going to be amazing it already is kind of amazing thank you you know you have like such specifically weird ideas <laughs> yeah and that's where it's at that idiosyncrasy mm -hmm. that's your authorship you know yeah yeah the thing i'm trying to focus on the thing i told you about it is i want to uh, biggest, uh, the biggest thing I, I, the biggest thing at the core of it is just the, uh, the, the free, the freedom to create freedom un, un, uh, unchained down by, uh, uh, needing the freedom to not fit into a box mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, just letting myself not have to make something that is either gonna be a thing you have to sell, a thing that you could sell, mm. uh, a 
a a pie a pilot a, something with like a three act structure. I want to give myself the freedom to do that if I want to. If I have an idea for it for an episode, I definitely will do it. But if I don't, and I just have ideas for a bunch of funny random videos, then I can also do that too. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in, in my mind, it it feels it feels like chaos, and it is chaotic. Yeah. But it's also free. It, exactly. And what creative process isn't chaotic? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be. It always feels like there. Every time I, 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 I like want to do something, I always like uh, I'll Google like 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 when I wanted to write this feature script I yeah. told you about. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't know how to read it, write a feature. Mm. I and I read some screenplay books, mm -hmm. which I you know mm -hmm. I I was I'm happy I did. They're very informative. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes, but sometimes uh, I'll, I'll see a lot of like people offering up screenplay writing classes and I'm like that's that's fine but I but there's no one right way to write anything you can just go and do it and you'll find a way that works exactly. for you exactly like there really are no rules you know there, yeah there are rules if you if you decide that there are you yeah. know but like there are actually no fucking rules like one of my favorite filmmakers is Jim Jarmusch and you know how like some screenplays say like one page is about one minute you know how they say that yeah Jarmusch is like one sentence can be like a billion years <laughs> you know he was like <laughs> he was like there was the big bang and then the universe began yeah like, how many fucking years is that? How many pages? I mean, that's one sentence. And the time of that. So, it's like, yeah, you know, sometimes having some structure or some rubric just to inform you, like you say, that helps. But I think if we get too caught up in that yeah. and then box ourselves in, then that just becomes limiting. It becomes stressful. And I love your approach, which is that you're prioritizing freedom, you know? And you're prioritizing play and goofiness and fun. And as long as you ride that out, it's like that work is getting done in the best possible way, you know? You're gonna make right. me stop, stop making, stop, stop gassing, stop, stop saying all these nice fucking things. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> what are you, right? <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm done. Now I'm done. Come on! What are, why? <laughs> Literally, why? Why would you ever stop it? But it, it, took, it took me years to like come to that realization because yeah. you know how like um I don't know like are you are you an only child you have siblings I've got two brothers older yes I knew it you come off as very youngest sibling <laughs> I give young I give young sibling vibes you give the, the baby vibes yes because I'm so because I'm so hopeful is that yeah it? fun you know free jolly yeah yeah those are the qualities of the youngest sibling you know I'm the oldest I'm yeah. the older I have a younger brother and like you know I'm all fucking you know mm. but I it took me like a lot of like self-help books and like therapy and reframing and da 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 
in order to come to that conclusion, which is that, you know, life is about ease. Life is always about pursuing ease, not, not um, laziness, you know, not right. like boredom and stagnant and apathetic, not that, but life is about ease. You know, things should be smooth. Things shouldn't be like full of resistance and anger and fighting and defensiveness, you know? Cause like I have a friend, she's a comic. She's like a social media influencer, I guess you could call her. Star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruining relationships today, baby. Burn it, let's burn it down. Oh, fuck it, I don't care. Like she has several hundred thousand followers on TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And when I, I was uh, dog sitting for her and her house is full of quotes that are like, you gotta, you gotta kill to win, you know? They're always against you. You gotta fight. And I was just like, whoa, this place is intense, you know? It is like fucking, what? like, who is she? Like, who's coming after her? Like, the paranoia. The, para, the paranoia and the rage and the defensiveness. And I was like, is this the place that she creates from? Why? What a way to live. I don't want to live, I don't want to live like that, you know? And it's like, I get it, like, as a woman, and she's a black woman, as yeah. black women, like, okay, like, that's real. The structures and systems are designed to be against, you know, minorities. That's how yeah. it is. However, if we dwell on that all day, all fucking day, we're just yeah. creating our own mental prison, you know? And the other fucking reality is, because there are many layers of reality, as we know, because you take psychedelics, right? <laughs> there are many layers of reality. We get to choose which one we're going to decide to exist in. And the one that I chose very recently is that the universe is always on my side. And, you know, the source or creator or God or whatever, they're always going to, you know, delight in me creating something with joy, you know, with passion, with, you know, whatever, right? With love, all that good shit, right? And that's so much better than being like, the world is against me and I gotta fucking kill to win and <laughs> I gotta fight and fuck. I mean, that is like, it's too much, that, that costs too much energy. Yeah. Mm. And doing that, creating stuff from joy, having a good, just prioritizing having a good time yeah. is that's a radical thing yeah. to do yeah to to know that these especially as like a person you know like a minority uh where you know you're always all you're kind of all these images of yeah. like people who look like you're being put into uh, awful circumstances mm -hmm. against their own against their own will, yeah. having awful things done to them, or yeah. hearing these stories, all these stories of adversity. Yeah. The stories of adversity are are really great, and I think they have their place. But yes. also just showing people who look like you having the best time, yeah. being the most joyful. Yeah, that's like that's that's a radical concept Amazing. to be. Yeah. It's like being able to showcase joy, pure joy and fulfillment in the face of all, that all of these obstacles. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could try to, you could try to put this system around me that's going to destroy me, but I'm still going to have a good time. 
I'm still gonna pop champagne. I'm still gonna go to the park and have a picnic. <laughs> and motherfuckers, some people would get real angry at that. And and the people who get angry at that is just because they they don't realize what you realize. Like they're not enlightened. They don't realize yeah. that everybody can get it. It's not a scarcity. It's not like there there there's a limited reserve yeah. for some of you who can and can't. It's not it's not like that. As long as you say I'm seeking this specifically, this is what I want, mm-hmm. and you know who you are and you know what you want, then you will get it always. That's just how it's been and that's how it goes. Yeah. You know. But um, and you know people who who feel like they're trapped in that limiting belief. I understand that too because like I've been there. You yeah. know. Everybody kind of has. We all carry trauma. And it's like, you just gotta, you gotta work through that process, get to the other side, and then come to the realization, which is the truth, which is that the universe is on, is on everybody's side. You know? Mm. You're all right? I just had, I just, um, I almost threw up a little bit in my mouth. Because <laughs> of what I was saying. Yeah. Did this kind of happen? It's just <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you blowing your burp gas into your yeah. shirt? Thank you. You're so polite. I try to be. Yeah. You know, I was at uh, the NoHo Library, the Amelia Earhart Library. Yeah. Um, well, what happened to that girl? <laughs> Did they find her? Did they figure it out? Did they get to the bottom of Amelia? It's 2022. Come on. It's Amelia, Are you? if you're out there listening, girl... Give us a call. Hit us up. Hit us up, Amelia. We want to hear from you, baby. Man, I wonder what happened to her. Anyway, she's you're at the library. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was at the library, and um, I was like, I I really like I have I have things to do later, but I really want to like get a little bit of park time in, and I noticed that right across the street on Magnolia is that huge ass fucking park. Which I never saw. Yeah. It was weird. Like I never saw it, but it was right there. And I was like, oh, I'll just walk around this park for like 30 minutes. And I did, yeah. and it was really nice. Do you know what park I'm talking about? Oh yeah. That's such a nice park. Yeah. Sometimes you find yourself a lot of times you can just like I heard somebody say this once. Yeah. And I thought it was so true. And it's very obvious. I don't know yeah. why I didn't consider it. Yeah. You can just be outside. You can just go for a fucking walk and be outside. Yeah. You don't have to, if you don't have anything to do, you don't have to stay inside your house. You can just go outside. Yeah. You don't have to be in your room, <laughs> stuck in your gloomy thoughts, staring at the wall. No, you can just go for a walk. Yeah. You don't have to watch 12 hours of television until the sun goes down. You can literally <laughs> get five minutes of sunshine. You can do that. Awesome. Did you know? Did you know you could do that? It's a life hack. Welcome to Life Hacks. Welcome to Life Hacks. You can just go outside. <laughs> you can just put on some socks and shoes and walk out the door. Today on Life Hacks, I don't know, yesterday we said you can drink water sometimes. Today we're saying you can just go outside and drink in, breathe air. You could drink in the fresh air of drink the outside. <laughs> yeah. It's free. Did you know it's free? Did you know air is free? I find myself, you know, I find myself... Sometimes I'll just be inside and I'll just be really depressed. 
and it's hard to, it, it, I know, I know, men- and now knowing this, I know mentally, yeah. maybe if I could just go, maybe it's just, maybe it's just, I don't know what I, I got all these things I want, I would like to do, but I don't know what to do, and sometimes I might not feel like doing any of them, mm. so and now I truly try to play, whenever I'm in that spot, I feel like I should just take a shower and uh, just go, go be somewhere else like, yeah. <laughs> where I'm at. And I can always come back, but yeah, yeah. just not be here right now. That's the way. That's the way. Because like, with, with depression also comes that um, laziness, that feeling of like, I don't want to, you know, but that's also like a form of um, paralysis. Yeah. Because you, you're like, I have all this time and freedom and I can go and do all of these things and you start making a list in your mind and then it becomes overwhelming. You're like, oh yeah. fuck, I have to get up and I have to do all that shit. Yeah. And then you're just, oh, I'll just lay here. <laughs> and, you know, and, you, and you get stuck in that that mindset and then it bec- it just becomes impossible but as you mm. say just one thing like i'm gonna go shower you know you're physical you're up now you're mobile that yeah. now you can now suddenly it's like oh i can i can go outside oh yeah. i can walk down the street and get a taco i can call a friend maybe go on a hike i can you start realizing through the motion of doing something that the possibilities are doable and endless that's smart. Taking a shower. Take a shower. I. I told you this. I went to bed this morning. Fucking! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking went to bed this morning. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do that. <laughs> not, not all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> just no. sometimes. So, so tell me why I'm single. <laughs> tell me why. Tell me why Wait, I'm what single. What happened? Why did you went to bed? I literally. It, it, this is how it. Always happens. <laughs> it happens like once a once every one and a half years. One and a half years. Once every one and a half years for the la- for the last five years. <laughs> wow! So this is the eighteen month cycle. Last yeah, five years. yeah. This is how it usually. This is how it goes. This is usually how it goes down. I'm dreaming, having the time of my life. Mm. And I just, and then all of a, and then all of a sudden, I, I usually go, I end up in the bathroom, I like, I'll be right back, and then I start, as I start, then I really have to pee, and then I start peeing, and I'm like, man, it's really hard to pee, even though I really oh. have to go, and I'm like, in this dream specifically, I did start to pee, and the pee just seemed to come out like really sputtery, like a oh no, like a like a uh, like a, a sprinkler system yeah, almost. Yeah. And I was like, not one stream, but like it's like spraying out. Yeah, I was like, what's this about? Every time I tried to like move, like form the pee into an egg straight line, it's like just couldn't get it. Like see, like more more yeah. popping up. Yeah, and then I was like. Oh no! And I opened my eyes. Big wet spot. Good God! <laughs> Good God! <laughs> wet spot. Let me ask you: When this happens every one and a half years, <laughs> like, is there a pattern in terms of where you are in your life, mentally, emotionally, environmentally, atmospherically, in terms of what's happening? Like, is there? Hmm. No. <laughs> it's just the dream is so vivid and real. I drank water before it. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I drank like a big thing of water before yeah. I went to bed. Yeah. Just so I could stay hydrated. I don't want to wake up I know, hydrated. but that's like last minute hydration. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I didn't drink any water today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
right now before I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not going to pee. You will pee. Eight hours passes. Yeah, you're going to have to. <laughs> you're going to pee. Go. Wow. So you're, you sleep well. You don't have insomnia. I have. It's. I. I. No. No. It's hard for you to go to bed. Especially lately. Yeah. So now that I go, it's been hard to like just sit down and go to bed. Uh, a lot of times, I need. A lot of times, I need. That's why it's my therapist about it. It's like yeah. for some reason I've been having a really hard time. Mm. Just, just watching the clock strike twelve and getting the getting the sack, like getting that urging, that sleepy urge to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's funny. The, this week it's been a bit better. Like uh-huh. I, I once it's reached like twelve. So that's why I usually aim to go to bed. Yeah. I do get, I've been getting sleepy, so that's good. So that I've been, been able to just go. You're probably more active during the day, though. I usually get up at 12. Whoa. Usually start my day at 12. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's At noon, it. you have your morning coffee and read your yeah. paper and. Yeah. Mm. I feel like people who start their day at, at like 8 or 9, it's not, it's not un. People, they usually stay are still awake at 8 p.m., 12 hours later, and yeah. then they stay up for like four more hours, yeah. maybe, and then they're sleepy. Yeah. For me, if I start my day at noon, and I go, and it, and it gets to midnight, I still have like, probably like, maybe two or three more hours until I'm sleepy. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of like the sleep cycle I'm on now, but I keep on telling myself, why come I can't wake up at 8 p.m.? I want to be a morning person. Eight, well, 8 p.m. 8, 8, 8 a.m. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. You kept saying, I want to be a morning person and wake up at 8 p.m. Then you know what? Yeah. That's probably it. That's, that's probably, probably it. That's you meant 8 a.m. Yeah. You could set an alarm. <laughs> I do, but then I'm like, man, I'm so tired. And then you keep going. And then I just go back to bed. You know, my favorite thing to do is actually that. It's like the alarm goes off, and I'm like, fuck you, and I just go back to sleep. <laughs> oh. That. That's your I love that. And then I can usually I dream between that time and I remember it and I have like a nice, you know, little dream journal moment afterwards. Mm. But yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, for me, like I usually because I've had insomnia all throughout my twenties. Actually, my whole life I've I've had insomnia. Yeah. <clears throat> and I still kind of have it from time to time. But what helps is um, getting in some exercise in the day. Like, yeah. Even if it's walking for twenty minutes. Like, I'll do that, and then I get some sunshine, so my circadian rhythm is, like, more balanced, then I'm able to sleep better at night. It's just oh, something okay. I've noticed. Also, like, food, too. If I eat, like, a whole bunch of, like, starch and fat and sugar and stuff, then I have a very uncomfortable sleep. So it's, like, tied to physicality, also mental health, emotional health, all of these things, but like they're all kind of in sync with one another. And if they're all kind of balanced, then I sleep really well. But it's just hard. Like being healthy is so hard. Yeah. You know. Ugh. I, I, I ugh. <laughs> ugh. Fucking health. I hate it. I I need to. I I exercise usually every other day. I like lift weights. But one of the things I have been lacking on is just like eating regular eating mm. regularly mm. even though i so much and you cook pretty healthy foods it, yeah but it's like i'll i'll like eat i'll like cook one thing yeah. and i'll maybe i'll have like a snack or two 
but that one thing I cook will be the one thing I eat that day. Yeah. Because it's hard to get up. I want to just wake up and then like have something ready for me. You want a butler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I do want a butler. Yeah. I wish I had a butler. Like, sometimes like laundry. Like, the thought of doing laundry, it just becomes so overwhelming. Yeah. It takes up a lot of time. Laundry. Yeah. I wish I had a butler to do laundry, my dishes, sweep my floor, cook my meals. Self, self, self-sweeping floor, self, self, self-cleaning floor. I don't even like those robot things because they're not even that accurate. Like they can't get like the edges, you know? They don't care about the edges. They no. just, <laughs> they just do the center. I'm like, bitch, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. I want to get like the nitty gritty. You need, no. like, an edge robot and then, like, a, a robot that also does the center. I like that edge robot. <laughs> the robot that edges eternally. What is edging? You don't know what edging is? I hear the, I hear the term, like, edge lord. It's like, you know, when you're masturbating and you're about to come, but you just resist the come and you just keep going. That's edging. That's what edging is? So you're standing at the cliff of an orgasm, but you keep edging. Uh, let's see how much further I can go. That's edging. I've done that. Yeah. So you know what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I'll watch a video and be like, oh, I don't want to stop. And I'll just like turn it off. And I'll yeah. go to a different video. <laughs> I've been edging naturally this whole time. I'm a natural edger. I'm a natural edger. <laughs> 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 I'm going to put that on my, uh, what? Resume? Yeah, your CV. Natural edger. <laughs> David Ayala. So, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Detroit. Oh, wow. Michigan. Um, hated it. Wow. Hated it, though. Why? Well, I think it was, I, I think it was fine for the most, it was fine until I turned, like, 14 and went to high school. Because for some reason, do well, I know what it is? When I was 13, I... Kind of made I kind of made had came to this realization that I wanted to do comedy mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's not like I, I didn't like go through some profound experience like I like I had to go on a road trip with a no, comedian. No. You just knew it. I just knew it. Uh, I watched Pineapple Express, mm. which isn't even like one of my favorite. It's not even a movie I've watched before. I haven't thought twice about it. Yeah at all but I remember watching it when I was 13 yeah. and when it was like done I was, uh, it was right before bed I walked into my room and I was like holy shit I'm gonna do comedy for the rest of my life yeah it's not even a profound movie but it helped me come to that realization sometimes it's that simple that alignment is that easy yeah it was a uh, yeah I thought at, until that point I thought I was going to just finish school Become a veterinarian, get oh. a get a house yeah. somewhere and just That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. I, I used to want to be a vet when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I love animals. But then I realized there's some animals I don't love. <laughs> you have to treat all animals. I know. You can't, <laughs> you can't just pick and choose. Like you have to love all of them. Like, yeah. well, you were a doctor, it's like oh, I love people except those black people. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, except those black people. Ay, ay, ay. And there's some doctors who are. <laughs> like, ay, ay, ay. Get them, take them somewhere else. 
Ay, ay, ay. Take ay, a, ay, ay. Can you go somewhere else, please? Uh, <laughs> I was like, I can't, you, but you don't want to be that bad. I don't want to be that bad. <laughs> I don't want to be that bad. I don't want to be that bad, you know. But, okay, so you want to be a veterinarian. You want to be a veterinarian. this moment at 13, so you decided to be a comedian. Yeah, I remember, I remember going into, like, because I was always, like, I never said anything. I was very, very shy and reserved. Yeah. Kid. I could see that. I never had more than, like, one or two friends and never got never did I hang out with them outside of school yeah, yeah. so I spent a lot of time just alone thinking and thoughts thinking get thoughts Dreaming. you know drinking beer <laughs> drinking beer and I you know actually this is funny talking about jobs growing up because I was alone all the time the one thing I did do was I I watched a lot of cartoons and played video games just by my mm-hmm. just by myself. Yeah. That's how that's how what occupied most of my time. Yeah. And at first I thought I would be an artist. Yeah. Because I love to draw. Visual artist. Yeah, either an animator or a visual artist, and I was always had these art supplies that I would draw. I would draw with. Yeah. And it really got me jazzed with like one. I think I went to, we were just walking down the street one time, I saw some guy trying to sell his art yeah. on the street, yeah. and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do you that. You just saw one guy. I literally just saw one. One example. One anecdote. One example of a potential path. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that looks grimy as shit. It's <laughs> like, oh, can't, oh, can't have that. Uh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, guess I'm going to be a vet. <laughs> Guess we gotta be a veterinarian. Mm. <laughs> so, like, what, four? Yeah, that's probably when I was nine. So you continued to draw, though. I really stopped drawing after after that. After seeing that one dude. After seeing that one dude, and I think you said you went to school for animation, though. So you weren't drawing. So, so this is when I was nine. Oh, uh, okay. So nine going on ten. I think I I took like one maybe one art class after that, but that was pretty much it. And that thought I'd be a vet, and then I watched that Seth Rogen movie when I was thirteen. I was like, I'm gonna do comedy. Mm. Uh, so once that happened, I uh, once the comedy thing happened, I kind of went. I really put all the all my cards on the table <laughs> and went really hard at it. Like I started writing my. I think I tried to do like. I, I think when I was fourteen. Um, I tried to do like 14 yeah probably 14 I tried to do it I went to this jazz club mm. that I emailed and I was like hey can I try out these jokes oh. in here oh, oh my god at your club and I went and I went up and I did it and uh and they let you they just let me do it yeah <laughs> which was like cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and get out! Get away from there! Get <laughs> get off the table! I went to I went to the, she's always stealing my star. What a fucking thunder stealer! <laughs> <laughs> I go to this jazz club. I tell these I'm nervous oh, as yeah. shit. Yeah, and you're 13. And I'm like, yeah, 13, 14. Oh my god. 
baby. And I'm like, it's not even legal for you to be in that club. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you can come in and do like five minutes before. That's so great. A thing, and right. I said, alright. And you know, do you I remember the jokes you told. I I like I like blacked it out of my memory. Oh my god! <laughs> I just remember, I remember going up, yeah, going to the club. And I was like, I'm the guy. I'm gonna do my jog. I'm gonna tell my jokes, please. Uh, and they're like, okay, like, okay, young boy. <laughs> okay, young boy. <laughs> so nice. Go, go on up. Yeah. And then I remember walking up, getting on the stage, blackness. Getting off, feeling, feeling relieved that it was all over, <laughs> and my brother taking, like, picking me up, taking me out. I was like, "Oh, you good?" He's like, "How'd it go?" I was like, "Ah, oh, it was not, not good." Did you hear a laugh? Not a, not a chuckle in that whole audience. Ooh. No. Five minutes, just dead silence. Dead silence. Ooh. Ah, never. Bombed you, so hard. You lived through it, though. <laughs> yeah, and I still wanted to do it after yes! that. Most people are like, they have that initial thing. They'll have that initial thing where they like catch a dragon or whatever. I like if my I got had like a knife put in me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I really want to do this again. More knives, please. More, more knives, please. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> more surface area in my body. Stick them in. That's how you know you're a comic, though. You have that horrendous, I mean, bombing is perhaps the worst yeah. feeling in the world because it's humiliation and it's shame and it's rejection. It's those three things happening. That's what bombing is. Yeah. Imagine enduring that alone on stage in front of dozens or hundreds of people sitting there, staring at you, rejecting you, shaming you, humiliating you, and you're there all by yourself. And you live through that. Yeah. And then you say, I want to do it again. <laughs> Please. <laughs> more. <laughs> But I actually, it was really hard to find any other mics I could go to because uh, mm. there was no, there wasn't really, not a scene, uh, not a scene for a fourteen-year-old to go, to go do, uh, go do stand-up. Okay, that's there, that's reasonable. I think there was places around that people did go to, um, but no, not not for me. So I stopped. Stop doing that. I got really shifted gears to just writing like satirical articles, whatever ones I could come up with. And I would spend a lot of time just like writing these down. So you're still practicing. Yeah. We're working. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. And I did that all through, did that all through high school. Um, I didn't have any friends to distract me yeah. <laughs> or parties to go to mm. to stop me from doing it. Yeah. So I have all these articles. I actually, there's this website called I think points in case or point in case. Okay. Um, and the start was run by this guy. I forget his name, but essentially he started in college. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a website yeah. that his friends could submit. Yeah. yeah. Any funny articles they had. They to got him. published. Yeah, I would, I would like submit stuff to him, and I'd be like, "Hey, can you oh. can you put this up?" That's so and nice. he was like, "Yeah, I mean, you review it before yeah. he did, but." Yeah. 
You would put it up, and then once I didn't get in, I just put them on my Funny or Die page. Yeah. And Funny or I think they completely just continued that. Yeah, it became something else, I think. Yeah, so all those articles are gone, but I think all the ones I wrote that got published are What points. kind of things would you write? Just, like, new satire, or...? Sometimes it would be... I really like The Onion, so I would, like, ah. try to do my do my own. Um, I, yes, emulating that. Do you have an example that you remember that you're proud of or that feel, you feel like worked? Uh, it's a, I made a lot of listicles. Okay. There's like a list, a list that we could, we could just look, we could just look it up. I just get my. That's okay. We don't have to. I I really don't. I look back. I remember looking back on it and being like, ah, oh, I can't believe. I wrote this. <laughs> Isn't it interesting when you look back on your younger self? It's like somebody else. Yeah, it's like a completely different person. Different taste. <laughs> different point of view. Yeah, a like, stranger essentially. A stranger. You're a complete. You're physically a different person. Yeah. I think I told you like every ten years, every cell in your body is like replaced. You transform. You transform. Transform. Uh, and I can't believe I'm like. I came out of that. <laughs> I replied, my cells replicated out of this thing. It's like, you know, with every work that we do, it's like in that moment and with what we're capable of and with what we experienced, that's everything that we create. And yeah. then we're done with that. So we move on. We have other experiences, other perspectives, other new knowledge, whatever. And then in that present moment, we create whatever and that's who we are, right? So it's mm. like with each thing, it's, it's progressive and it's yeah. different and you're transforming throughout so yeah everything i make now though is gonna be fucking fire fire <laughs> gonna look at when i'm 70 i'm like still good baby still lit <laughs> still slaps <laughs> so good michael jackson hits they don't care. All the way. They don't care about what he did. Always for the kid. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. So. Yeah. I, growing up in Detroit, although I, comedy was like the really thing that saved me, because when I, when I decided to get into comedy, it was also at the same time I decided, I realized, oh, I don't want to be alone all the time watching TV and mm, playing video games right, by myself. Right. No, no more the withdrawn stuff. Yeah, and yeah. but by that point, I had always I had, I didn't really go. Yeah, didn't really ha have more than one or two friends in school. Right. Never hung out with them outside no of that. Life. I had my family. And I hung out with my yeah, cousins and stuff. That's your and that's, family. But that's my family. It's different. You no social life out there. No social life. I didn't go to camp. I always resisted going to camp. What were you afraid of? I just didn't want to do it. I just, I just remember, like, I would much rather just be here watching uh, cartoons and playing video so games. So similar to the depression thing, when you sit alone in your room and you're feeling kind of depressed, and you're like, I don't, I just prefer. But then you go and force yourself to do it. I yeah. guess the reason why you're able to go and force yourself to do it is because you did that when you were a teenager. I did that, yeah. And when I was happy, up until I was 14, I was happy doing that. Yeah. This was, I was very, very content. Content. And then... When I went into high school, I was I, I had that thought. I want to have friends. I want to. I want to. I want to hang out with people. Yeah. I want. I want to go to parties and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was so, I just was not good at conversation at all, or was, I had a really hard time keeping, keeping conversations going, and it's just like, make, and I try to start things, start, like, strike up conversations with people. So you were awkward as hell. I was so awkward, and I could not, and I just was just face planting in every, like, social interaction I, I had. I, I made, like, a couple of friends. Yeah. That were really great. They're like, oh, he's just differently abled. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just... We'll, we'll be inclusive. We'll, we'll be inclusive. I remember one friend who I should actually hit up and maybe message her about this, because I was like, uh, one girl named Arietta. describe you. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was really fun to hang out with. My friend India, she was really fun. Anna... Um, a lot, a lot of like these kind of weird women, anime kids. Women accepted you. Women accepted me. Women accept all. <laughs> women are compassionate. <laughs> women at heart. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any of my male friends from high school. They're like, no, no, no. We'll let the women break him in, <laughs> and then send him to us when he's ready. You know what? Yeah. I think a lot of it was, a lot of it was my. Because I was just like weird. I was just this weird kid who loved video games and anime. Yeah, um, that is kind of weird. And like, especially rock, for a black kid in Detroit. Yeah, specifically, nobody was like on. Oh, the majority of kids weren't on the same wavelength. tip or wavelength. Yeah, as me. But there was like a, yeah. there was at my high school. Yeah, my high school was also very diverse. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. we had like a large, like a sizable. Because sizable population of like kids from Bangladesh or Bangladeshi oh, wow. kids, I think we're yeah. Camp Tramic has like, I think like the second, second largest I think Muslim wow. population wow. in the entire country. Wow. So yeah, like a sizable amount of kids uh, from that ethnic group, and then we also had like a like a. a Large, sizable Latino population. Yeah. Also in the yeah. same school. It's a lot of black and brown kids. A lot of black and brown kids, which was really cool. Yeah, that is very. <clears throat> that's important for cultivating a healthy, you know, self-esteem for diverse kids. Yeah. 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 So, in the in this whole group, um, there was a there was a scene of like these weird anime kids who were, were really into yeah. the things I was into. Yeah, yeah. But I resisted hanging out with them Why? so much because everybody in school looked at them as like these weird kids. Because the creeps. The weird the out there outcast yeah. weirdo kids. And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna make any friends if I'm in this group. Even though you have no friends. <laughs> you know, Amazing. projection like that is like the thing that you feel the most insecure about you project and judge onto others and that's what was happening yeah even though you could have been vibing with them they were probably your people they're my people and now i'm not gonna run into them again at least unless i go to like a 10-year high school <laughs> reunion yeah which is coming up in what two years two wow. years now wow no one year oh shit <laughs> it'll be one year next year are you gonna go you know, I think, I think so. Just like, I didn't really know anybody. That could be an episode. My 10-year school reunion. 
I'd love, I'd love to shoot that. Do that would be so good. Do it. <laughs> just print consent forms and just be like, this is happening. Yeah. Say, I live in Hollywood, baby. This is a consent form. <laughs> <laughs> Please consent to this. And they'll be like, who are you? Like, did we go to school together? Yeah. You never talked. I never talked to... I, the anime kids knew who I was. I, I, it's not like I didn't avoid <laughs> them completely... Like I would always hang out with the like the the area they that they would hang out in. Oh my god, this is so sad. Uh, but, but like would... just in proximity, not like with them. Yeah, like oh I might god. chat with them here and now, but not really. Like, okay, gotta go. Bye. It's like, bye. I gotta go somewhere. It's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy. It's insane because all, hopefully all of us also looked like pretty nerdy. Yeah. Dirty at that time, I'm but sure. like a sizable amount of us are now like hot as fuck. Mm. <laughs> Always how it goes down. I remember this one kid, Trent, he was like, had, had this like, uh, always had this like kind of like uh, pressed, what's it, straightened long hair and carry around like an electric guitar all the time oh, and okay. skate. Wow. He was like, this is a really skinny kid. And I yeah. looked back and I was like, where are Trent is now? I looked at him. He's fucking <laughs> this, like, buff hottie. <laughs> this, this is a, just this fucking hot yeah. black guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> why, wasn't it, why wasn't I just, like, cooler? <laughs> about... You could go to this reunion and, you know. I carried around a ukulele all the time. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Was, That's why. I started playing ukulele when I was like 15 and I would just bring it to school and hang out with it. Actually, there was one guy from high, from high school who I, who I do remember and have talked to since. And we, he, he was actually in town a little bit ago. We couldn't connect. And I was like, next time. So anyways, uh, Cesar, Cesar uh, he was this wonderful guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> And he always entertained, like, my conversations whenever I talked to him. He was super cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, not entertained. I'm, I'm sure he was engaged. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I remember one day I went to school and I was like, you know what? Today, today, my name's Axel. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Axel. And he was like, all right, Axel. <laughs> He's so down. <laughs> Such a good guy, good friend. Being a good buddy. Because, <laughs> you know, if, if you had said that to me, I'd be like, no. <laughs> I am not calling you that. Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. I'd be like, but it's a cooler name. <laughs> Axel is a badass name. It is. It makes me think of, like, a steak knife. <laughs> so, okay, after high school. So, we get to... We get to once I graduated high school, I was like, what the... It's a little bit more into this, a little bit more of this high school, this high school era. Okay. When I was 16, I realized, I think I watched like an improv, like a UCB improv thing yeah. online. And I was okay. like, I want to do that. Yeah. And I found out there was a, there used to be a second city in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And the people from second city in Detroit went and, uh, when that closed, they went off and they formed, uh, uh, well, even before it was closed, one theater came out of that called the Planet Ant. It was the comedy theater, and they put up like these like sketch reviews. Okay. And then also another theater called Go Comedy. Okay. 
formed out of that. Yeah. Uh, and they had a whole like uh, eight eight class levels oh, wow. that you could take of improv. And so you started taking classes. So I started taking improv classes when I was 16 Okay. there, but everybody there was like in their like probably like late 20s to so early again 30s. again the youngest. The youngest kid, and I couldn't, you know, I would hang, I would mainly hang out with them after yeah. school. I'd like go wow. and see with a show. adults. Which just adult <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> adult people. Eventually I found like the, the, the like some younger people. Yeah. Did get involved and I would hang out with them okay. mainly. Yeah. Remember my friend Alyssa? Yeah. She was like a college student um, at Matt, Mount Holyoke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, was she a lesbian? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I would hang out there. That was super cool. Yeah. Uh, friend Dylan. Uh, uh, I had this really cool friend. Uh, God, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Such a good friend. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam, we would hang out sometimes. Uh, I was like, Sam's the fucking coolest guy. I should actually send these people, all of these people messages. Yeah. Like, What's up? <laughs> yeah, you're reminiscing. Yeah. Looking uh, back. And I'm like... Sega, comedy Sega. <laughs> so, I got this whole crew, whole crew at the end of it that were around my age, uh, but... It was always that friction, that frustration. I was like, I don't feel like I can be a part of this community. Because, again, one, it's 99.99% white. Like, I'm mm, probably true. one of three or four black people that yeah. ever, like, hung around yeah. the theater. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I was always just kind of a... I, I felt... They feel well. I don't know if I'd say I felt more tolerated mm. than I did welcomed and embraced and embraced. Yeah. 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 So and you were like a teenager and yeah. So. So it's, it's you know, hard. It's you really. Yeah. Couple things stacked up against you. So all the stuff at school, all the stuff at the improv and the improv scene. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I graduated, finally graduated high school, I was like. I don't have a comedian, I need to be in the comedy scene, so I looked for a school that could just like essentially house me as soon as possible. I found like the Art Institute. Mm -hmm. um, the Art Institute, uh, had, which had campuses literally all around the country. Yeah. And they had a school in New York, Chicago, and Los, and Los Angeles. Yeah. And I, was, and I remember thinking, I really want to take classes at UCB and IO. Um, and Los Angeles had both UCB and IO there, so I, so I, I got into the school and I got into the school in Los Angeles, and they, uh, they also had a housing programs. So I just so you moved. I literally moved here like seven days after my 18th birthday. Wow! I didn't fucking know anybody. Yeah. I just knew about like, you know, the clubhouse. Yeah. I just knew about the the clubhouse on Vermont. On uh, at the time, it was like on El Centro. Oh wow! In the fucking alley. Oh, wow. <laughs> now it's now it's kind of a nice spot. Now it's a really nice spot. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice. Honestly, I like the alley spot. It was like a really hidden. It looked really cool. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, that character. Yeah, really glad character. But yeah, I would. I mainly I went to school for animation because I wanted to improve my drawing skills. Sure. 
And I was like, well, if I'm not going to be a vet. I might as well, like, lean back into, like, a second passion of mine, which right, is art. Right, So I took all these drawing classes and all my general ed classes, and um, it was only, like, a... Yeah, I would only have to go, like, one or two days out of the week. Uh, and I would get all my classes done, and the rest of the time I'd just be doing sure. improv. Okay. And, yeah. you know, taking these improv classes and, you know, trying to get into stand-up and exploring, ingratiating, meshing myself into the comedy scene. Word. And nine years later, we're here. Here you are. Yeah. Living it up. Killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. are welcome. That's my, that's my story. When are we going to talk about K-dramas? <laughs> We're going to talk about it now. So I'm going to ask you some flashcard questions based on a show called A Woman of Dignity. And this show came out a, a few years ago, and it was like super fucking popular right so i'm just gonna ask you some questions based on the show some scenes and then you just answer what you would do if you were in that situation oh, okay right yeah let's say you're a woman in her 30s you have a young daughter in elementary school you're married to a pretty well-off guy you live with his father and his his uh sister-in-law so his brother's wife his brother is like out in the state somewhere because he got into some trouble with the law and shit. Mm. And uh, you're like the home manager, the homemaker person, but you guys are like really fucking wealthy. And your father-in-law is wheelchair bound because he's ill. So you hire a nurse, like a live-in nurse to take care of him, okay? One day, your father-in-law says to you, I'm marrying her. My, my nurse's aide. What do you do? Uh. Oh, and she also has a criminal record. The nurse's aide. The nurse has a criminal <clears throat> record. I would. I'd probably be like. I'd probably say. Probably just ask him questions. Like, like why? 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 What's been going on? But what's been going on between you two? Yeah. Why, uh, why her, I wouldn't, my first response isn't to be like, fuck, no, don't do that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Even though, knowing that she has a criminal record, because oh, people have criminal records. Yeah, <laughs> you know, They're still good people. Yeah. But I'm like, <clears throat> I just want to make, I think my initial, my first response is just to make sure he's not going to be taken advantage of, uh. and that he just wants, this is something he actually wants to do. Yeah. Um. That that would be it. I wouldn't be, I would be concerned. Uh, yeah, that I, the only thing I'd be concerned about is like, her marrying him and like getting him to sign over like all of whatever his assets are to, to, to this new person. But I'm like, well, if my husband has a job and he's, <laughs> and I I'm pretty satisfied with what I'm doing as a yeah. homemaker. My daughter's taken care of. Yeah, you know my my. My sister-in-law, she's vibing or whatever. Yeah. As long as everything, as long as we can take care of ourselves separate from this yeah. man's money, then yeah. I, I wouldn't have an issue. Well, it's it's actually that's not how it is. So the father-in-law, he's the the president of a massive corporation, and your husband is about is like the CEO of that corporation, 
he's kind of a fucko. Mm. Like his older brother, your brother-in-law, he was like getting into all kinds of trouble and that's why the father like sent him away like abroad to be like, you're too much, like get the fuck out of here. Um, oh. And uh, after he marries this woman, he dies and he leaves the assets to this woman. Yeah, now what do you do? Uh, is my hu my husband's not a fuck up. It's the brother-in-law. You're okay. Your husband has been cheating on you with your daughter's art teacher. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Behind my back? We're not even an open thing, and whatever. <laughs> Holy shit! So that's what's going down. I probably. I probably collect as much money as I could mm -hmm. that's already in my bank account, mm -hmm. set up a new bank account, mm -hmm. and set up a new bank account, mm -hmm. get a, uh, move out and just try to leverage my, what I have been doing into like a new career, mm -hmm. uh, just so I can establish like a, a nice, safe home for me and my kid and me and my husband could talk about it talk about this if we want um i don't appreciate being cheated i don't, wouldn't appreciate being cheated on but i don't think it's something that's like a relationship ender mm. so like i my main priority is just like putting my kid in a situation where she's where she's safe and doesn't have to worry about all this drama mm. <laughs> <laughs> the drama. The it's drama. juicy ass drama. Oh, that's like warm peach juice <laughs> drama. <laughs> like it's been sitting for a while and fermenting kind of. Juice, juice drama. Like you open it and it's fizzing. Like it is like pungent. Yeah, I'm like in this. I'm married. I'm married into this family. I'm like, but it's not. <laughs> I'm not responsible for it. All I really am responsible for is my child's well-being. Mm -hmm. Good. And okay. mine too, but also yeah. <laughs> like my kids. Yeah, you and your daughter. Okay. Um, this is before you know that your husband is cheating, okay? You go to a shaman. Like, a lot of Korean women will go to, like, local shamans and stuff. Mm. Get, like, readings. And, and the shaman says to you, oh, this is a tarot card reader, actually. So she, like, reads your tarot cards. And she's like, you have a pretty good-looking husband. You know, he makes good money. He's going to cheat on you. So what I suggest is... You need to change his face. So, right now his eyebrows are kind of thin. You need to darken his eyebrows, make him thick as caterpillars. And she recommends that you get your husband's eyebrows re reshaped. Yeah. What do you do? Get what? This is what she says. This is what her suggestion is. I I don't know how to, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know. I don't know. Like a medical. I don't know how could first. Oh, you wouldn't have to do it. I mean, you could go to a cosmetologist. They'll do it. Yeah, but it's probably if I really wanted to to not cheat on me. Yeah. I would probably. I would, if I really wanted him to not cheat on me. Yeah. What I would. What I would do, me. Yeah. yeah. I would just talk to him about my relationship. Okay. <laughs> Talk to him about our relationship and like what. Instead of doing this whole eyebrow shit. That seems like way more like trying to convince him to go to a cosmetologist because I'm like you sh your eyebrows would look mad better if you that they were like thick, honey. 
<laughs> just putting on this whole front, like, ooh, if you had thick eyebrows, that would just make me mad. Ooh, like, gushy-gushy. <laughs> like, you gotta do it. Instead of trying to do all that, it would be way easier to just, just like, talk. sit down and talk yeah. about have a cup of coffee. Us. Yeah. That's yeah, husband and wife. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> These bitches, man. <laughs> <laughs> These bitches. What? Be, these bitches be crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, what happens? Now, let's say you're the husband, yeah. all right? And your wife takes you to a eyebrow tattoo parlor and is fucking tattooing thick-ass <laughs> eyebrows onto you. It hurts like hell. I agree to it. <laughs> yeah. so you're in the chair. It's happening. And, and in the middle of you, you're like, oh my god, like, honey, why do I have to do this? And she says, uh, I went to a tarot card reader, and she says, if you do this, you're going to make more money. What do you do? I'm, like, mid-procedure. Kind of, yeah. Take a, take a hand mirror and just be like, Take a hand mirror, and if I don't like what I see, see if there's any way that they can get like in this thing. Stop this. Just live with one eyebrow thick and the other just regular. Honestly, I probably just like finish. If I'm like mid tattoo, I'm finishing it. I'm mm. just gonna finish the tattoo. We can't just have one one thick tattoo eyebrow yeah <laughs> I mean, you could and just say that's your style but yeah it's but it's not we want <laughs> it's like all of it's not i didn't even want to do it <laughs> it's like none of this is my style but i'd rather have like an equal <laughs> like a symmetrical yeah. style that's not i don't like yeah yeah than i have a fucking yeah eyebrow. So that's my first, I just saw him to finish it, and I'd also say, I don't, I make an, I make enough money, I don't need, I don't need right, this. Right, right, you don't need this weird hokey pokey shit <laughs> to determine your fortune, because you're already fucking bawling. Yeah. Okay, final question. Yeah. You're the daughter, you're in third grade. You're taking art classes, private one-on-one -on -one art classes with this very beautiful young art teacher. Yeah. Who also sold her art to your mom. Okay, your mom is like a big patron of this woman's artwork. But whenever you're in, in her apartment like doing artwork, she leaves and goes out into the kitchen to hang out with your dad. And you know something's fishy. She does this a lot. All right, and you're the child. What do you do? I'm trying to think back to eight-year-old me. If we're, this is like twenty-seven-year-old me and eight and eight-year-old's body. That just doesn't work. <laughs> but eight-year-old me, what was I doing when I was eight? I think the biggest when I was when I was eight. Uh, when I was eight, so I was sitting behind some. Sitting behind some kid, my hands were on my desk like this, and he like backed up a his backed up his chair a little bit on my fingers. It didn't hurt that much, maybe like a little sting, but I went, ah! and my teacher was like, "Who was that?" And I just feigned like feigned like, "Oh, oh, oh my God, it hurts the bad with a gut." 
you're a tad dramatic. <laughs> Into account, yeah. Take that to account. To yeah. account. yeah. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I would. Uh, I'd probably say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say nothing. No, nothing at all. <laughs> it's like she didn't stomp on your finger, so like, what's there, what do? what's there to be upset about? Yeah. My body's intact. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let them do their thing. I'm eight. I love art. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Paint myself a nice octopus. Mm. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Shit out of me! Fuck you, Pat! What a bitch! <laughs> my god. <laughs> I know she, she definitely dies. Oh, I know. I, I, mean, I feel like she doesn't deserve it. I know. I, I was like, I wish she had lived. Yeah. Because like she she went she's been through a lot. Yeah. Like she went to prison for her brother, like in place of her brother, you know, so that he could continue. Like she like like sacrificed herself and did time for her brother. She had a daughter, but she couldn't afford... Her daughter was sick with leukemia, but she couldn't afford the hospital expenses, so the daughter died. Like, this lady's been through a lot of shit. Oh, my God. I know. And she sort of, like, very deliberately weaseled her way into this rich family as this nurse to take care of this elderly man in order to marry... Like, she was gold digging. Yeah. But it's like... Gold digging for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, like... Still gold digging, but a little bit more... Yeah, whatever. Fuck him. Yeah. You know? And uh, she did get her way to the top, but fell real fast and died. She died. <laughs> she fucking got whacked. Bleeding on the floor and everything in her beautiful satin blouse. At least she died looking hot, you know? Yeah. She went out looking good. I'm, I'm happy I could I'm happy I could enmesh myself in this story somehow. You can relate. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Thank you. You're I'm happy, yeah. Thanks for schooling me. <laughs> Anytime. Thanks for schooling me. Anytime. <laughs>